Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Who is Jesus? Who is this God? Is it three persons, two persons? Is there a oneness doctrine where he's standing up there, sitting at the right hand of God, and another person is sitting on the throne? What's the real truth? Jesus stated in John 8, 13, when the Pharisees said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself, your record is not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. Now there's three that bear record in heaven. There's the record that the Pharisees are referring to. There is three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one, heist. Exactly the self, same, one, spirit. Father's administrative office of the Spirit. Word is the expression office of that same Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same Spirit. That Spirit. And they came to Jesus and said, You bear record of yourself, your record's not true. Jesus said, Though I bear record of myself, my record is true. Because I'm one that bears witness myself, and my Father that sent me, He bears witness of me. Then He goes on and states how this works. It is written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself, and the Father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's the testimony of two witnesses. They ask, where is your Father? They did not know that Jesus is the Father manifest in that body of flesh. They said, if it is, then why does he pray to the Father? What about when he was baptized of John and Jordan? That the dove and the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove came in a boat upon Jesus. And they say he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't, wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. Well, then what is the revelation? The revelation very simply is, he goes on and states when they ask, where is your father? Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. In John 14, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions that were not so would have told you. He speaks of the Father in the third person. But then as he goes on, and he states there, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, Thomas just didn't get this. How can we know the way? And we know not whether thou goest. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's saying he is that spirit of truth. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Now the next word is very important in essence in the revelation of Jesus. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him. Now that was just too much. Philip, the apostle, said, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Show us the Father. Jesus then goes on and says, Have I been so long time with you and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Now, how can that be? 
They're looking at the man Christ Jesus. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Jesus said, you're looking at him. Then he goes on to say, the words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose words are they? The Father that dwelleth in me. That dwelleth is a Greek word, katecheo, means to house permanently, to house forever, a permanent abode, a permanent dwelling, a permanent tabernacle. The Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me, he's the one doing the works. Believe me that I am in my Father, and my Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. What works? He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue. The lame walk and the captive went free. Blessed is he, whomsoever is not offended in me. Well, many were offended. They were offended because Jesus, thou being a man, makest thyself God. For this reason, they stoned him. This man blasphemes, making himself equal with God. What further need do we have any more witnesses? They could have Barabbas, as the custom was, or this Jesus. Which one would you have, Pilate said? We won't bar Jesus. Bar, Chaldean for son, Babylonian son, the bar, and that's Barabbas, son of the father, a false son of the father. Have a being father, Barabbas, instead of Jesus. Well, what do I do with this Jesus, he said? Crucify him. Why? Well, if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified who? The Lord of glory. Who is this Lord of glory? Who is this king? It is Jesus Christ. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Why people don't understand. And it's confusion. How God works salvation in and of himself alone. Somebody said, that just can't be. Yes, it can. And that's exactly what he did. Because God needed a man. A man lost it. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. An angel can't save us. The Spirit of God, it can't save us. Because the law requires blood. A man lost it. A man through his disobedience brought forth sin that reigned by death. Bringing death upon all Mankind. Therefore, only a man can redeem us back. By that disobedience of one man, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also is the free gift of one. A man lost that only a man can redeem us back. God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. He had to have a man. A righteous, holy, spotless, blameless man for a lamb as a sacrifice. But he could find none. 
All were conceived in sin, shaping in iniquity. None good, no, not one. Somebody said, well, I still don't understand how Jesus could speak to the Father and yet is the Father. And that's where the revelation comes in. How does God do this? Isaiah 59, 16. God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, his own arm, his own arm of flesh, brought salvation to himself. Isaiah 63, 5. He looked for a man. He was amazed. He could find none. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to me, God said. His own arm of flesh. But to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah 53.1 Who is this arm of the Lord? Who is this man Christ Jesus? Well, Jesus, Philippians 2.6, who being in the form of God, that form is morpha, it is an eternal state. Jesus has always been God, always will be God. In Colossians 1, 16 and 17, all things were made by him. He is the word. He is the father of glory. He is that spirit. All things were made by him. Where there be principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, things visible, things invisible. All things were made by him and for him and for his good pleasure. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. There God is going to work salvation in and of himself alone. God, that is Jesus Christ, who is that spirit? He is that word. He is the God, the Elohim from the aloft to the top. Jesus stated so. In Revelation 1, 8, he said, I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty God, the Omnipotent. That is a blessed and only potentate who only hath our mortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. That's the Omnipotent, Omniscient, Omnipresent God Almighty, that Spirit. Jesus is that Spirit. He is that Lord. But to work salvation, he had to do it as a man. God looked for a man. All were conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. There was none good, no, not one. Well, then how does God do it? Simply. Philippians 2, 6 through 8, Paul tells us exactly how our God did it. Jesus, who being in the form of God, that morpha, an eternal state, Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. God is love. God is power. God is prudence. God is understanding. All of these different, God is wisdom. All of these different attributes are equal. You'll find in Proverbs 8, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. There's two different attributes of God speaking in the first personal pronoun, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I daily was his delight. That's not two persons. That is an attribute of God which is equal with God. I, wisdom, was daily his delight. I dwell with prudence, and with me, wisdom, is understanding. 
Well, God is love. God is jealous. All of these attributes, love, power, peace, all of these things that God is are equal. There are equal attributes of God. When he said in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our own image. He spoke plural personal pronouns there. And we've been duped thinking that God was speaking to the Son and the Holy Ghost. That's a lie. That us is the attributes of God. They are individual. God spanned the heaven and the earth by myself alone, Isaiah 44, 24 tells us. Jeremiah 51, 15 said that he created the things by his power, his wisdom, uh, and his understanding. Power, wisdom, and understanding are three different attributes. Same God. There the Lord Jesus Christ in this attributes of God let us make man in our own image. Genesis 1.27, the next following verse. So God made man in his own image, male and female created he, them, singular personal pronoun. You see, the Elohim is a plural of Elohim, and an em, it's plural, but always used with a verb tense, singular. God, he is the Lord, not God, Elohim, are the Lord. Elohim is the Lord. God is the Lord. Because all the attributes of God is God that makes up but one. Wisdom, prudence, understanding, power, all the, God is love. All of these singular attributes stand on their own. But it's one spirit. Many attributes. One spirit. So there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's above all through all, the Father of all and in us all. Ephesians 4 states that. How does God work salvation then? Got to have a man. Well, the law is still there. God gave a law that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. And by the knowledge of the law is sin. Sin is not imputed where there is no law. So the law was given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. And what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, no flesh could keep the law. By the works of the law, law, no flesh would be saved. And there, by the weakness of that law, being weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. You see, he was an Adam after the fall made and under the law. Very important. Because God, even though he's coming as a man, in his own body of flesh and blood, working only as a man, because he's going to make of himself no reputation. Not some reputation. No reputation. Literally, the kenosis. Made himself void. Laid aside his glory, just like the old... Testament high priest dead, taken off his garments of glory and beauty in Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, and putting on the linen garments, becoming one with the people. Our great high priest did the same. Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, that is not robbery to be equal to God. 
made himself. Very important. Made him God himself. God, uh, Jesus, the Lord himself. God, that spirit himself, made himself of no reputation. Not some reputation. No reputation. Utterly made void. Why? Because he's not going to work his spirit. He's not going to cease and desist from being that spirit. He's just going to put a self-imposed limitation upon himself. I'm not going to work his spirit. Then what does he do? He adds to himself the form of a servant. The form literally was made of no reputation, spirit. Then added to that, that spirit made of no reputation, the form of a servant. Why? Made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man. God found in fashion as a man. But God, as spirit, was made of no reputation. Why? Why would that spirit be latent, laid back? Because he's only going to work salvation as a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Jesus is that man. He is that spirit that made himself of no reputation. He loved us so much that he became one of us. And in all things, he was made like unto his brethren. For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself, God himself likewise, took part of the same that in all things, he was made like unto his brethren. Hebrews 2, Hebrews 4.15. Tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. God can't be tempted. But whenever he made himself of no reputation and took on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man, born in Bethlehem, Judah, in the city of David, there is born Christ the Lord. There's only one Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And that Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is an invisible spirit. But the Lord said unto my Lord, sounds like there's two. Matthew twenty two forty two, 42, the Lord said unto my Lord, and Jesus addressed that. And he said, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? He said, the son of David. Then Jesus goes on and says, he's the son of David. He didn't say that wasn't correct. It is correct. But then David said, the Lord said unto my Lord. David in spirit said, the Lord said unto my Lord. Set thou to my, at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David calls him Lord, how is he then his servant? And no man was able to ask Jesus, answer Jesus' question. Neither durst any man ask Jesus any more questions and shut their mouths. They could not comprehend and apprehend that revelation of Jesus that the Lord is the Lord. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is that spirit. The capital L, small O-R-D, is the Adon, the man. That man is the spirit revealed. See me, you've seen the Father, Jesus said. John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. There, Jesus is working salvation in and of himself. 
for God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. It's his own body of flesh and blood. Now, God is manifest in the flesh. Well, somebody said, that's wonderful. But the law is still there as a wall of partition parting God from man. The law is there as a middle wall of partition, as an enmity to us, an enemy, a ministration of death, not life. The law has to be fulfilled. It requires death, the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So Jesus loves us so much, he makes himself of no reputation. In other words, the judge leaves the judge's bench, comes down and sits in the defendant's chair and literally takes a propitiation in his stead the judgment. God did the same for us. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and God was manifest in the flesh. But the law is still there. That law is separating. It's a middle wall, a wall of partition. It parts God from mankind. Well, God literally is taken on the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Well, that servant is God. We see that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's a tetragrammaton, the Yod, Ha, Waha, Yahweh. And my servant, whom I have chosen. That servant is that man. That you may know and believe me and understand. God wants us to understand that I am he. I am that servant. I am that man. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. He is a Yaqid, the so unique only one of God, the solitary one. Never one before him, never one after him. He's the only unique, solitary, Theos, the only begotten God, Heos, the only begotten son, the Yaqid. The only one, unique, solitary, one. God begot a body. He made himself a body of flesh and blood. And when he did, he was manifest in the flesh. He is the Lord. He is that Lord of glory. If the princes of, princes of this world had known, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. They wouldn't have done it. But they didn't know it. Many do not know it today. Denominational preaching of Trinity does not give the Son of God the glory of the Father. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Somebody said, well, I don't understand. Well, Jesus grew up as a man. He had a regular childbirth of nine months in the womb of Mary. God giveth not the spirit, spirit by measure unto him, but the spirit is not going to work. It's made of no reputation. So Jesus could work salvation as a man. That's the reason for the virgin birth. The blood was not tainted, not a seed of Adam, but a seed of the woman. And as such, 
He is going to grow in favor with God and man as a man. We find a reference of him at 12 years of age. Three days they look for Jesus, cannot find him. And he is then there in the synagogue. And they're amazed at his uh, understanding and wisdom. Confounded him. Because as a boy, he said, what, know ye not? I must be about my father's business. He was daily reading that word of God. The scriptures daily was his delight, the scrolls. And when he goes into the synagogue, it is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. He is that God manifest in the flesh. But while he's in that flesh, in his humiliation, humbled out, he's under the law. And the law is still separating God from man, even though God is manifest in that flesh. And it will be separated until Jesus has been tempted at all points like as we are, declared to be the perfect, spotless, blameless lamb sacrifice. And then and only then can he be our free will sacrifice. He's got to be tempted at all points of that law in both spirit, soul, and body and found to be no sin, a perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice because if there was any sin there, he would need a Savior. So the law states that the high priest takes his office at age 30. Numbers 4 states that high priest takes his office at age 30 six times. And Jesus, who being under the law, will not take his great high priest office until age 30. Now, the regular high priest under the Aaronic law, the Levitical priesthood, would do three things because when his son reached age 30, that high priest couldn't continue by reason of death. He would do three things. Number one, he would lay, he would pour oil on him. Number two, lay hands on him. Number three, speak over him, said, Thou art a high priest in my stead. The high priest would retire. His son would take over the high priest's office. But Jesus is not going to be after the Levitical priesthood of Aaron, but is going to be after the order of Melchizedek. Our Lord sprang out of Judah, which no, nothing was spoken of the priesthood. Therefore, there's going to be a transition from the Levitical priesthood to that of Melchizedek. So he goes to John the Baptist, who was the son of Zechariah, of the course of Abijah, in the Levitical priesthood of Aaron, and says, baptize me. That I need to be baptized of you, of whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. He said, suffer to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, and straightway he came up out of the water, and the heavens were open. Why were the heavens open? Because the priesthood now, just as it was with, was with Ezekiel being 30 years of age in that priesthood of the son of Buzi. 
in Ezekiel 1 verse 1. And the heavens were opened to Ezekiel. And he saw visions of God. Well, Jesus, the heavens were open to him. But it's different. Because now when John the Baptist, number one, lays hands on him. Number two, puts him in under the water. Number three, he doesn't speak over him. The voice comes from heaven. Thou art my beloved son, in whom... I am well pleased. Now he starts his great high priesthood for us. The Holy Ghost in the form of a dove comes down and abides on Jesus as a sign given to John the Baptist that this is he of whom was spoken. I must descend. He must increase because he it is that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and that with fire. John sees him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb. There the heavens opened. Jesus saw as he came straight out of the water. The Holy Ghost there abiding on him. That means the spirit that he is that was latent, laid back. He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. But now it can start working on our behalf upon mankind's behalf as our great high priest. Still has to fulfill the law. The law is still there. He had not died yet and shed his innocent, innocent, righteous, holy blood. And without the shedding of that blood, there's no remission of sins. The law is still there. But now he's working as our great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So now the law stated. Until that time, the law stated that if you commit adultery, stone them. But Jesus said, but I say unto you, now we're going to hear you him. This is after the order of Melchizedek, a change in the order of the priesthood. He that looketh on a woman just to lust after her in his spirit hath already committed adultery with her in his spirit. That natural law with the natural people, with the natural boundaries to the natural Israel, now is going to be taken to a spiritual level. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And he is the one doing it as a man fulfilling that law in every aspect of that law. The law requires that the high priest takes his office at age 30. Jesus fulfilling his own law as a man takes his office at age 30. Then the first thing happens. The Spirit drave Jesus into the wilderness there to be tempted of Satan. And after he had fasted 40 days, he's going to be tempted. Well, why? Because the wilderness is necessary. Making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. If you suffer with him, he'll reign with him. He shows us the way, the truth, and the life. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. He shows us the way, the truth, and the life. He's there in the wilderness. He's tempted of first his body. He afterward was a hungered, hungered. And the devil says, Satan says to him, if thou be the son of God, change his stones into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, 
quotes Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 9. It is written, Thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Takes him up into a pinnacle. Says it is written. He'll lift you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Now he is tempting him in his soul realm, in the mind, the will imagination, the will of Jesus. He said, do it. It's written. He won't let you dash your foot against the stone. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Quotes the word again. Now he goes to the spirit realm, the human spirit of Jesus. If you'll bow down and worship me, and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. Said Jesus, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll let you have all these kingdoms. Tempting him in his human spirit. You don't need a cross. You don't need to die. I'll just give them to you freely. Worship me. Thou shalt worship, worship only the Lord thy God. And then he comes out of the wilderness in the fullness and power of God. In the fullness and power of the Spirit. Why? Because the flesh has been crucified to that level and Jesus goes out and he's so, he is so uh, weary that angels come and minister to him. The battle was intense. Then Jesus started his ministry, the first miracle done at the marriage in Cana of Galilee, turned the water into wine. But each of the miracles will progress. Why? Because God's progressively glorifying his own human back to himself. That's the reason. As long as Jesus is under the law, he will show us what we must do as, as he is the way, the truth, and the life. Not fulfilling the law of Moses, but fulfilling the law, fulfilling the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Well, He's, he said, my father's greater than I. He's under the law. He has to pray to the father. He's under the law. He has to fast. He's under the law. He's having to crucify his flesh. He's under the law. My father's greater than I. He's under the law. The things concerning me, him, and Ed, he's under the law. He's fulfilling the law as a man, his own law. And only when he has fulfilled that law in every aspect, being tempted in body, soul, and spirit, only then will he have the right as a free will offering to lay down his life. So Jesus, during the days of his flesh, he prays to the Father. Why? Because there's a wall of partition. That law is there as a wall parting God from man, even in the Son of God. Because God is spirit, made of self of no reputation, and has put upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. That man is under that law, made in under the law. We know that in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God set forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law. Why? To redeem us that were under the law. There's no other way. Got to have a kinsman redeemer. Well, as he does, he's tempted in all points. He says, Father, glorify thou me. Uh, let's glorify me back to you. He said, I have glorified you, and I will glorify you again. I'm progressively glorifying you, glorifying you back to myself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world back to himself. 
There, Jesus, he said, Father, glorify me. I've glorified you. We'll glorify you again. That the Father may be glorified, the, glorified in the Son, and the Son glorified in the Father. No man knoweth the Son, but the Father. No man knoweth the Father, but the Son, and to whom he will reveal him. It has to be revealed by the Holy Ghost, by Jesus himself. The day that you seek for him with all your heart is the day that you'll find him. Well, Jesus fulfills the whole law. And you know, each miracle becomes greater and greater in glory. The power of God revealed. He said, the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. I can't have mine own self. That as a man, I can't do anything. But the Father that dwells in me, he's the one doing these works. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walking, the captive growing free. It's the Father that's doing it, but blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. <clears throat> Jesus revealing the Father. There, Jesus has fulfilled that love. Notice in, even in the miracles, it becomes greater and greater in the miracles as we read in the Gospels, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There, if all the works and miracles that Jesus did was written in a book, John he says, I suppose the very world itself could not contain all the works that Jesus did. But we have the witness, the witness of the Holy Ghost, the men that have shed their lives and the blood of the saints is the seed of the church. If a man believes something, he'll die for it. And these were eyewitnesses of his majesty, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory. When Jesus had fulfilled that law, he said, Now I lay down my life. I freely lay down and I freely lay down my life. No man takes it from me. I am that free will sacrifice. I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I have received of my Father. In John 2, verse 19 and 20 and 21, Jesus said, destroy this temple. <clears throat> In three days, I will raise it up. What? No man can raise up his own body except he be God. The Jews said 46 years was this temple in building. And you're going to raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Three days he rose. He rose his own body from the tomb. Declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. First begotten from the dead. That he would have the preeminence in all things. For he made all things, and all things were made by him. As Jesus progressively did the miracles, we see it even in raising the dead. He raised Jairus' daughter, been dead a few hours, and raises her from the dead. The widow of Nain's son, been dead a couple of days. He stops the funeral procession procession, and goes to the bier, the coffin, 
<clears throat> and says, son, I say unto thee, arise. And presents the boy back to his mother. Jairus, Jairus, daughter, widow named son, progressively glorified. Then we go to Lazarus, Martha and Mary's brother. Been dead four days, not just a couple of hours, not just a couple of days. He's been dead four days. Well, Jesus said, let us go. He said, Lord, if you'd have been here, Lazarus, my brother, had not died. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The old man were dead, yet shall he live. Believeth in me, you'll never die. This he spoke of the first resurrection. Over such, the second death hath no power. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth and raise him from the dead. All of these declaring that he is the father of glory. The works that he did, he didn't do it, but the father that dwelleth in him was doing the works. Believe me that he's in the father and the father is in me, Jesus said, or otherwise, if you don't believe that, believe me for the work's sake, for the words that I speak are not mine. The father dwelling in me, he's the one doing the works. When you see Jesus, you're seeing the father. Even though in the days of his flesh, he's under the law and has to pray to the Father because he's under the law. And Jesus praying to the Father. That wall is a metal, metal wall of partition, the law dividing, a wall parting God from man. So Jesus takes the ordinances of, ordinances of that law, nails it to his cross, and as he's crucified, breaks down the middle wall of partition. Breaks it down. Slaying the enmity thereby. Thereby making peace. And one new man. The middle wall of partition. The ordinances of that law. That middle wall broken down. And when Jesus died on that cross, as soon as it had that veil rent, from top to bottom. And Hebrews 10 said that veil was his flesh. Fulfilled that law by the shedding of his own blood, nailing the, ordinance of the ordinances of that law to his cross. And he cried, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, a human spirit. Then he gave up the ghost. The man and God at that time, not that he first ascended, he first descended into the heart of the earth. And there went to preach to the spirit, shut up in prison. Took keys, triumphing over Satan in it, taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And then took those spirits of just men made perfect into paradise with him. Same as a thief on the cross. The thief on the cross went into paradise with him in the spirit shut up in prison. And then Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. When he rose from that tomb, from the dead, he told Mary, I go to my father, your father, my God, and your God. 
Don't hold me back. Don't hold me. Don't touch me. Don't hold me. I go to my God, your God, my Father, and your Father, for I have not yet been glorified the body of his flesh. He would see no corruption. He would not suffer his Holy One to see corruption. There's nothing worthy of death in him. That same Jesus whom you crucified, Acts 2.36, God hath made him, that man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. That Jesus came out of the tomb, resurrected, glorified, walking through walls. Thomas seeth him, thrust in his hands into Jesus' side, and in the nail prints of his hand, saying, My Lord and my God. Not my Lord and my Son of God, my Lord and my God. Jesus stated in Matthew 28, 18, All power in heaven and in earth is given to me. He is the Lord. That same Jesus whom you crucified, that all the house of Israel know assuredly, that same Jesus that you crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. 1 Timothy 6.15, he is that blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. There's not another. He is the only God and Savior, the Holy One of Israel. There is no trinity. In the days of his flesh, he prayed to the Father. He fasted. He obeyed the law, tempted in all points. He became obedient through the things and learned obedience through the things which he suffered, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. But after, that was in his humiliation. Now made himself of no reputation in the humblest abode in the meanest of flesh, has no comeliness, comeliness that we should desire him. Not some long-haired, uh, smooth-faced Jesus. He has no comeliness that we should desire him. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes were healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. And we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. We thought that was right. But now, in his humiliation, he was that man that suffered. He is that Hamashiach ben Yosef, the suffering Messiah. But now, he's been glorified. Because Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Glorified by the Holy Ghost. Made both Lord and Christ. And then God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Because Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is God. Galatians 4, verse 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son capital S. Christ is that spirit, capital S. You'll see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10. You'll see it also in Galatians 4, verse 6. 
The Spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father and the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.17 is that Spirit. In his humiliation, he had to pray. He's humbled. He's working salvation as a man under the law. We have to focus on that. He's fulfilling the law. While he's doing that, he has to pray. He has to fast. He has to show us the way, the truth, and the life. However, after he has taken the ordinances of that law and nailed it to his cross and thereby breaking down that middle wall of partition, thereby making peace and he becoming, that man becoming the quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. In his glorification, the Lord Jesus is that spirit. He is the father. The Father's glorified him with his own self. John 17, 5. There, Jesus, he is the Alpha and Omega. He's the Aloft through the top. He's every attribute of God from A to Z. Which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. Revelation 1, 8. He is that God. And there's not another. He is the Holy One of Israel, not a Holy Trinity. We, if we overcome... Through the Spirit and obedience unto righteousness, then to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Thank God for that. He prepared a place for us. But where did you go, Jesus? Where did the man go? Revelation 3.21. Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and am set, S-E-T, a state of glory, forever settled down with my Father in his throne. He's not a trinity. He's not a binary, two-ness. And he's not a oneness, man standing on the right hand of God and the spirit still being in the man. The man, the man is that quickening spirit. First Corinthians fifteen forty-five, Acts 2, 36, Matthew 28, 18. 1 Timothy 3.16, 1 Timothy 6.15, 1 Timothy 3.16, on and on and on. 1 John 3.16, hereby perceive you the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Who did? God did. It's the blood of the Holy Ghost. Acts 20.28, 20, take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Acts 20, 28. Believe in the one God. God is restoring this revelation of Jesus Christ to all that have a pure in heart. Don't be deceived. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him is hid all wisdoms, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Don't be deceived. Christ is that Jesus. He that believe, whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. First John 5, verse 1. The Son of God has come and give us an understanding of him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Who are we in? Even in the Son. Jesus Christ. This is the only true God and eternal life. Little children, 
Keep yourselves from idols. 1 John 5.20 And we find it most in the Protestant denominal world is, sad to say, the spirit of Antichrist. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? 1 John 2.20-2.22 Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist that hath denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that spirit. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because the Son is Christ revealed. Christ is God. In the Son of God, it's the Father revealed. There's only one Christ. Not Christ Jesus. Not a second person, not a third person of the Godhead. There's no such thing. Well, let's serve the true God in eternal life. Jesus Christ and Him alone. Let's not be found in idolatry. We love to hear from you. If you agree with the word, we love to meet you. God bringing his body into one. Bringing them out of various denominations, heresies, divisions, into one body. For there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who is above all, Father of all, and in us all. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906. Longview, Texas, zip code 775606 or or dennisbeard.org. Write us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to meet you. If you have questions, be sure and send them to us. We'll cover them on the podcast as the Lord leads. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.